Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Old Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, here with you another week. It is Thursday, July 19th, recording a, uh, a pretty rare Thursday night episode, thanks to work schedules this week. Uh, just talking to my co-host before the show, about to be in direct competition with our friends over at Friday Rollins. That should be fun. It's always, uh, always a treat to drop an episode on Friday these days, but let me introduce my co-host. Uh, online with me, just like every week I got. Well, not last week because he was uh he was on a on a work trip, I believe. Right, John, tell us about that. I got my co-host John Stefanchik. What's up, buddy? Doing good. We'll do a quick shout out to anybody from the uh, anybody from work listening for the first time. We had a uh, workshop this week that I was facilitating. We all gave a fun fact of things people probably don't know. Mm-hmm. So I gave land sharks after dark co-host duties as a fun fact i love that you got it you're, you're building the brand getting our audience up exactly building the brand so our uh, uh former merge potential merger mm-hmm. uh partners friday Roland. i guess they remain our competitor <laughs> yeah. it's really it's it's more I'm like the ratings I, I don't even i don't even view them as a competitor at this point well well no let's not get too but I'll tell you what it's more like. But first of all, yeah, shout out to any uh, new listeners. We're glad to have you. Um, probably not Ole Miss fans, right? These are just like other people. Yeah. All right. Really. So, uh, you know. Hey, we're, we're trying to diversify content beyond just Ole Miss. Well, yeah, and especially in the summer, there's not a ton to talk about, but just about Ole Miss anyway. But, yeah, so, you know, don't blame me if you uh, don't tune in for most of the Ole Miss talk. But, hey, happy to have you. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. And uh, I, I'm sure you – you love John just like we all do. He's a real great guy, and uh, we're lucky to have him on the show. So about Friday Roland, you said potential merger. Um, I think it's more like when you have like a successful restaurant that's like beloved, uh, and then like two of your waiters, or like really one waiter and like one guy that sits at the bar sometimes, are like, "Oh, dude, we could do this. We could totally do this." And they, they're like, "We're gonna open our own restaurant," and then it starts out with like a food truck. And so I, I think they're like uh, they they've moved from the food truck into like a brick and mortar at this point, um, but you know it can, the restaurant business is tough, just like the podcast business. I mean, uh, you got to toil in relative anonymity for a long time. A lot. Of, no, I'm just kidding. This is a joke. We love our friends at Friday Rolling. Uh, you guys are a great show. And again, like we do on a lot of episodes, check those guys out. You know, if you like our show, I think you will like that show. The coast. The coast, the co-host, the host, Will Bedwell, was uh, filling in for John last week in addition to our friend Wes and Dean. So, uh, you know, if you've heard Will on this show, I'm sure you'll enjoy his show. Uh, a little more uh, uh, avant-garde, I would say. I mean, we're, we're kind of a structured podcast. We kind of stick to at least a, 
a loose outline of what we're going to talk about. You know, we don't experiment too much with the intros and outros and stuff. And Will over there on the board for Friday rolling, he's not afraid to take more risks. And I like that about the show. So definitely check it out. That's uh that's your shout out for now. Since I, since I started off with a, a mean joke about the restaurant thing, I'll, I'll end it with an actual nice compliment. Um, but Hey, what are we going to talk about this week, John? It's uh middle of July. Um, traditionally our slowest part of the year for sure. It has been sec media days this week. So that's in theory, you know, the start of football or however you want to spin it. I didn't, really hear anything of interest coming from Ole Miss. Uh, it was Matt Luke, Jordan Tomu, the quarterback, Sean Rawlings, uh, Madison product. And we, I know we do want to talk about Madison on this show, right, John? I think we ought to give a 30-second shout-out to Madison. All right, one well, of... and then Josiah Coatney was the last one. But let's go back to Sean Rawlings, uh, product of Madison Ridgeland Academy. That's a great jumping-off point for uh, for Madison. So, the, the the people that may be listening from your work, they have some sort of a professional connection to yeah, Madison. So our our shareholder just mm-hmm. recently closed on a deal to purchase Vertex Vertex Aerospace. Yeah, Ver, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know of it. So some of them would be tra- could be potentially traveling to Madison oh, in thirty. What, what do they need to know about Madison? What are the top three things? All right, so I from Madison, grew up there, went off to Ole Miss, came back. I live uh, in the next city over now. Uh, in Ridgeland. So I guess I'm kind of a, uh, a subject matter expert. You could say, uh, Madison is like, um, Buckhead, but instead of Atlanta, it's Jackson. So it's like one, one hundredth of what Buckhead is when it comes to money and like nice stuff. Uh, but still has this exact same like attitude. Um, you know, great, great public schools, uh, lots of restaurants, lots of chain restaurants, lots of big box stores now, um, kind of basically for the past, mm, easily 50 years, Jackson has been, uh, I forget the exact word for it, but it's kind of like, um, you know, the population is moving from Jackson, the original large city, the capital of Mississippi out to the suburbs and the further suburbs and the further suburbs. Uh, I know there's a term for this. It's kind of the opposite of gentrification. I just, Matt, Matt, Madison is the, uh, is, is the king of white flight. Absolutely. Yeah. It's total white flight scenario. Um, and now there are even places further out, you know, Gluckstadt and, and Livingston and all of that. Uh, and this happens in every direction of Jackson. You know, you have Clinton to, uh, to the West you have Pearl to the south, and, and I mean, I'm just boring you if you don't if you're not from Jackson. But uh, so Madison is probably the ritziest of the suburbs. Um, like I said, it's it's full of people that probably grew up in Jackson, or at least their parents lived in Jackson, or I guess some people just moved to Madison because it's a nice city now, or whatever. Um, the the big box stores I was mentioning, basically uh, any of the big stores like Best Buy or. Uh, um, like the furniture stores, the movie theater, stuff like that. All of that stuff has left mostly like Jackson and they're moving to places like Madison. So, you know, if you're staying in Madison and you need something, there's tons of shopping. Uh, I would recommend, uh, to stay maybe like near Renaissance. If you're coming to town, if you want to stay here, like I would try to stay, uh, in one of those hotels on Highland Colony Parkway. Um, that's a cool area. There's some great restaurants in Renaissance, uh, and I have a, a personal connection to Renaissance and professional connection as well. Um, Seafood Revolution, really good. Uh, they're closing the Ruth Chris Steakhouse, um, but there's still a lot to do in that area. It's technically Ridgeland, but it's right next to Madison, so it'll be easy to drive in for business or whatever. Madison, 
County. Oh, Madison oh. County, yeah. And there's still there's still some hotels in Madison proper as well if you want to stay there. That's fine. Uh, don't expect a lot to be going on. But like I said, you can go out to eat. Uh, and if you need to buy like a charger at Best Buy or something, it's good for that. Uh, pretty nice movie theater. Um, you're just, the people you're going to encounter mostly just going to be like families, um, some nice people, some obnoxious people, you know, a normal kind of yuppie suburb. Um, it's, it, it ranges from just regular people raising kids up to, you know, like the reunion families that are, you know, drive around drunk on their golf carts every night and hang out with the, you know, the, that, that crowd has a lot of, um, uh, negative baggage attached to it. There's like a famous urban legend that, uh, the reunion's full of like swinger families. And if they have a pineapple outside their house, uh, that means they're a swinger. So I haven't personally investigated this, but if you're in town uh, and you're bored, I mean, you could drive around reunion, I guess, which is like a real like fancy neighborhood that they built with golf courses and stuff. So it's classy Mississippi with a potential swinger aspect to it. Poten- I mean, potentially, yeah. This is definitely like the uh, the stuff of urban legends around. Uh, so it's where Andy Kennedy would want to live if you were Ooh, dropping some. I mean, I guess it's okay to drop. Uh, you believe uh, urban myth? Yeah, to drop hints about that. You know, he's no longer the coach. Is it? What is Andy doing right now? We have no idea. Still living in Oxford, maybe. He probably will be on TV this fall. Or, I think he or should be. Winter. He should be. He has the skill set for it, yeah. Basically, um, basically, Madison is classy Mississippi. Yeah, it's, other- still, it's still very Mississippi, but yeah, it's up, middle to up, upscale, I'd say. Better than, uh, let's say, uh, Rankin County. Let's go oh, with yeah. <laughs> the other uh, The other key thing, the last thing we should, we'll note about Madison is there's a lot of new bricks as opposed to Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where if you're an old brick, an AIP person that actually took the time to listen to this, you look at a bunch of old brick in Portsmouth. Yeah, so. you're definitely talking about new brick, but tell me this, in Portsmouth, can you eat at a red brick Taco Bell? I don't know. In Madison, you can. <laughs> red brick Taco and it's, Bell. And it's right next to uh, what was or potentially still is the highest grossing Chick-fil-A. In the country, right there in Madison. You know, I, I know it was. Chick Fil A there off. Of, was it four sixty three? Yeah, on four sixty three there. I know it has it has been in the past, uh, and that's kind of the epicenter of uh, of Madison, the Chick Fil A there and the Taco Bell. That is very well said. All right, that's about as much Madison as I've thought about for five years. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure it is. But hey, you know, one thing I will say about Madison, real quick, uh, great housing market. I sold a house there. Um, my cousin started a family in Gluckstadt, which is pretty much part of you know kind of the outskirts of Madison. And they've picked up like 50k in equity on their house. They're about to be able to move to a bigger house just because the housing market's so strong out there. So I'll give Madison a, a all that all of that obnoxiousness and uh, and it is obnoxious. When I had a house there and I had to I would get harassed by the uh, the code enforcement officers and stuff for like having weeds in my flower bed or something like it's ridiculous. But hey, that stuff pays off, and uh, it is a good place to raise a family, I guess. But yeah, that's enough Madison talk for sure. Um, where are we going next? What are we gonna talk about next, John? We were mid SEC media days, although I was also saying I don't really know what there is to talk about from SEC media days. Um, did anybody well, say so- anything ridiculous? So I didn't see I haven't seen a single quote. And if you hadn't seen one there must I have been. I've seen I've seen some, but they're just like super boring. Like it was them being like, Oh yeah, the wide receivers are really good and then being like, 
uh, you know, the defense is improved. You'd be surprised. And just like, you know, the, the same stuff. They definitely picked like very safe choices. Um, I do think it's funny that they, that he, they chose to take Josiah Coatney uh, because I would say his most memorable moment as, as an Ole Miss player was when he tweeted that all the players transferring out were like bitches that weren't going to start anyway or whatever. I'll try to find the exact tweet, but it was very funny. Uh, but funny, that's who Luke picked to take. I don't know. You think he's sending a message there? Or did he just forget that that happened? Well, he probably forgot that happened. <laughs> probably I think, the, so. I think the biggest the biggest thing to note for media days is there is nothing to note because yeah. A, the season's still a ways away. B, it, Ole Miss was due for a calm – well, hang on. Wait a minute. It's the one – July 21st is the one-year anniversary of Freeze getting fired, correct? Yeah, yeah. We're right here on it. Right here on yeah, two, that two would days be away. What, that's what Saturday. Today's the ninth. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're recording on Thursday the nineteenth. So, Ole Miss is kind of due for a much calmer media day this year, or for something terrible to happen on the anniversary. Uh, with some some Josiah Coatney tweets from December when people like Shea Patterson were getting ready to transfer. Uh, the only people leaving are the people that have not been producing hundred emoji. Pay attention to how people move when they mad. Eyes emoji. Trash is trash, no matter how far you move it. That's a really funny one. Uh, and then these recruits coming in really scaring folks off. And so obviously, like, that's mostly bullshit. Um, I, I do think it's an interesting debate over how much of Patterson leaving was him wanting to get out, which I think he definitely wanted to get out, wanted a fresh start somewhere else. But how much was that also related to Tamu looked good when Patterson was out, and there was at the very least going to be a competition. Tamu was a better quarterback in for fall the camp. Yeah, better quarterback for the system. Uh, Patterson tried to do too much until he got hurt uh, in that LSU game. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I don't think you can in good faith say yes, Shea transferred because he was scared of Jordan Tamu or whatever. But it's the reality of the situation that he was at least going to have to compete with him for the job. And I really think Ole Miss is probably better off uh, with him gone because I I don't think they signed Corral Matt Corral if he doesn't transfer to Michigan. And I also think that there's a good possibility that even if there is a competition, even if Tommy was better, uh, because Patterson is Patterson, you know, five-star recruit, number one quarterback from 2016, and Sean Patterson, his brother, is on staff, and we've heard all these horror stories about how strong-headed his father is. I think there's a good chance he still would have ended up being the starter, even though Tommy was potentially better. So in the end, that particular tra- transfer situation, maybe not the worst news for Ole Miss. Um, there definitely were transfers that hurt more. I want to say, I mean, Van Jefferson, I guess was going to be really good depth at wide receiver. Um, a lot of the younger guys down the road could have been contributors that left. And do you, I don't know if you saw this, John, but, uh, Jalen Julius had tweeted that he was leaving. He's like a cornerback, uh, and punt returner. Uh, and then he's, he's still on the team. Like come, they put out the media guide. He's still there. Apparently he decided to stay. Uh, hmm. no idea what's going on there. You know, a part of me did wonder, did he have any offers to go anywhere else? Like that, that could be a very real concern. Deontay Anderson. Right. About, he ended up at Houston, right? I think he's at Houston. No, is he? he yeah, I guess I think he is. he is. Yeah. Deontay Anderson. Yeah. That was uh, most famous for getting trucked by Fournette. Um, and then there was that linebacker that I never remember his name from South Carolina. Uh, I think he's like at FAU or something. I'll try to figure it out. Yep. He was one of the guys that that went with uh, Shay to Denny's, I think. 
No, it was IHOP. IHOP, Denny's. yeah, not Denny's. IHOP. Yeah, sorry. yeah, right. You're right. I do. We have Breon, Breon Dixon. They're back to IHOP now instead of IHOP. Right, yeah. It was, turns out it was marketing all along. Who could have predicted that? Breon Dixon who I'm thinking of. Oh, he plays for Nebraska now. Hey, good for him. That's that's not bad, huh? Yeah. It could definitely be worse for Breon Dixon. Uh, he, he is from Suwannee, Georgia. Not from South Carolina. I misspoke on that. I'm not sure who I was thinking of. Um, but, yeah, I mean, media days. Very exciting. Uh, trying to think of anything interesting I heard coming out of that. I know um, they asked Nick Fitzgerald if uh, he thought that Ole Miss was intentionally trying to break his ankle in the Egg Bowl, and he said no, um, which, of course, does nothing for the, the rabid conspiracy theorist uh, over at some of our favorite websites, like uh, Elite Dogs, who will always believe that uh, Matt Luke personally like signed a, a check to uh, – What's his face for breaking the leg? It was the guy that got drafted in the second round to the Chiefs. Uh, Breland, uh, Breland speaks. Breland speaks. Yeah, um, those people will never be satisfied that uh, no one was intentionally trying to hurt Fitz. I mean, there's something about having a offense that is predicated on quarterback run. I mean that. I mean, I almost feel like you maybe should expect injuries every now and then, but call me crazy. Um, honestly, they're gonna be like one of the most interesting teams to watch this fall. Are you are you keeping up with this? Like how much they bring back? They bring a lot back, and they a lot of production. I mean, they have they have very very good running back, good offensive line, very good defensive line, um, good linebackers. I always have questions about their cornerbacks and safeties. It seems like their pass defense is usually pretty shaky, but that defensive line is gonna maul people. Um, and then Fitzgerald, very productive running quarterback, uh, not historically been a very good passer. Uh, they have a bunch of new wide receivers that are going to have to step up and produce, especially if Moorhead is trying to run a similar system to what he ran at Penn State. But if Moorhead is this, this offensive guru that people say he is, I can't imagine him not tweaking the offense somewhat in the short run to make Fitzgerald more effective, meaning I think more options, more runs, more short passes. Um, stuff like that. So it's going to be intriguing to see what kind of strides they can make. I think it also kind of sucks for Moorhead to walk in a situation where he's expected to win immediately. Like the, the state fans with this roster, because they're going to lose a lot after this year. I mean, Simmons is definitely gone. I assume a lot of those defensive linemen are. Fitzgerald graduates. A lot of the offensive linemen are gone. Um, so it's kind of a must-win now situation for Moorhead for the next couple of years. So that's going to be interesting to watch this season. You know, they have to go on the road at Kansas State. So that could be an early season game that, of, of interest. I think there's a scenario where they have a they have a like they win nine ten games this year. Yeah, I mean Bob Shoup as defensive coordinator with that defense can probably do pretty well. And I mean Moorhead probably find a way to score points. I wouldn't think that, shock me, wouldn't shock me if Moorhead like was a uh, yeah no better coach than Mullen to start it off. Wouldn't we'll see, me. but didn't I'm pretty sure Mullen came in and had a good season his first year. No, he went five and seven. Remember, he beat Nut. What about the yeah. year after that? He he had a good season early uh, he on. Went he went like nine and four. Yeah. Nine and four. His second yeah. season. Um, so that's gonna be interesting to watch. Uh, I think he's gonna have the same problem that Mullen had. I don't think he's gonna beat Bama. Like, yeah, he's not gonna win in Tuscaloosa. Oh, he's probably not gonna beat Auburn. Auburn looks to be like pretty good this year. Um, and then after that, you still have to play. A&M, LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss. I mean, there, there's a lot of 
there's at least two, I would say, unwinnable games, and then three-ish toss-up games. I mean, even if you say they're better than Ole Miss, which, yeah, they are on paper, but Ole Miss did win in Starkville last year, so you never really know what's going to happen in the Egg Bowl in Oxford. It's pretty much a totally different set of teams usually by that part of the season anyway, so we'll see um, who who fades away and, and, and who gets stronger as the season goes. But they they do look really good for a Mississippi State team. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, what Morehead does with that. It will be. And also, uh going to be interesting to watch Florida at Mississippi State. I know the State fans are already just rabid for that game because they, <laughs> they, they really hate Mullen now. Like, I, it's really funny, actually, because, like, they're, they're basically saying the same thing Ole Miss fans always said about Mullen. Uh, and some of the ones that I know that are a little more level-headed are even admitting, yeah, I know that this is always the case, but he was our asshole, so it was okay. But he's kind of a cocky dick. It's like, yeah, man, he kind of is, isn't he? Uh, kind of a weirdo. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Florida could be good. I have, I have no idea. That's going to be interesting too, because I, I do think Mullen is a good X's and O's coach. Um, he needs to get some really slick recruiters in there to help him out though. Cause he's not a very, uh, not a very good salesman. I would say state will win more games than Florida this year. There prediction. you go. Bold predictions right there. Uh, you think state beats Ole Miss? Yeah. Thursday, let's see, Thanksgiving night, Egg Bowl. In Oxford, uh, really strong defensive line. Mm. I See, uh, I, I, I would pick State, but, like, is their pass defense going to get – are they going to cover A.J. Brown, I guess is my question. Uh, I take Ole Miss because, as dumb as this sounds, Luke being from Mississippi helps. He cares more, yeah. Because of the – that game is so weird. And then – uh, and short, also, I wonder short if, week at home, I think, so. Advantage, yeah. Advantage It'll be interesting to see what state is playing for because we, we feel pretty confident that Ole Miss, that will be their last game. They are not going to get the bowl ban appealed. Um, so the question is going to be, is state 10-1, and one, you know, playing for a chance maybe even at the playoffs? Are they, you know <laughs> – Calm down here. Well, that's what I'm, it's a hypothetical. I'm saying, you know, that that's a totally different game. Than if they're eight and eight and three, you know, seven and four, something like that. It's gonna be. We'll just have to see when the time comes. Who actually has something to play for? I uh, that's gonna play a big part of it. And you know, it's not always a good thing either. Because if you remember in Oxford for that Dak Prescott Egg Bowl, where they could have conceivably gone to the playoffs if they won, the only loss was to Bama, and that pressure was just way too much for them, and they just looked terrible. Um. So, I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. That's a still a long way off. A lot of football games to be played before then. Um, don't have a great feeling about this season uh, for Ole Miss. I, I just I struggle to see the defense really improving enough to make any big difference. Like, do, do we think that that the defense will improve enough to even add one win? Like, you know, to to really tip one game? I'm not sure. Like, if I, a seven and five is conceivable, but I feel like another six and six is most likely. We can pull the schedule up, right? We got nothing else to talk about. I think Wes McGriff is getting fired on Black Friday. That's what I think. Ooh. All right, so Texas Tech, we'll call it a toss-up. Southern Illinois, they win. Alabama, they lose. Kent State, they win. Let's say they're two and two. LSU, let's say they win one of Texas Tech and LSU. Okay. Okay. So that means they're three and two. Through the LSU game, four and two, Louisiana Monroe. Do you think Luke can beat Chad Morris? Yes. 
Okay, five five and two, lose to Auburn, five and three. South Carolina probably a loss. It's in Oxford, but I mean they're not bad. Probably a loss. Five and four. A and M I'm gonna say is probably a loss under Jimbo, five and five. So you're five and five going into Vanderbilt and State. You have a little mini rally there potentially in seven and five, lose both and go five and seven. Um I think anywhere from five to seven to seven and five with that schedule is conceivable. I think best case is eight. Eight means you beat Texas Tech and Arkansas and one of A and M or South Carolina as well as Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. I think Carolina at home is doable. I think they're the underdog, but I think it's doable. And that would be huge going to eight and four in a bowl band season. Uh, with the the kind of the last hurrah for for these wide receivers trying to get the new guys to come in next, I think that would be really big for the recruiting class. Um, you know, it's hard to know who to really believe when it comes to recruiting these days, but a lot of people do seem to think that if Ole Miss can show improvement on the field, it'll go a long way towards some of these in-state guys like uh, DeWan Black and um, Nicobe Dean, some of these potentially guys that could help a lot on defense. So, I mean, yeah, eight and four would be huge. I guess my question is, if they go 8-4, and four, do they take a step back the year after that under Luke? I think very possibly. Like, you're not going to – I don't think he's going to go 8-4 and four two seasons in a row, losing Tommy 20, uh, and A.J. 20, Brown, D.K. Metcalf, all that. Yeah, 2019 is a big – I think that's a down year. That's a, yeah. Pretty that's, bleak. Pretty bleak uh, near future here for the Ole Miss football program, just based yeah. on – Getting the six wins in 19 would be a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, honestly, because you're going to have – starting wide receiver is going to be like Miles Battle, Braylon Sanders, Demarcus Gregory, starting quarterback Matt Corral, uh, pretty much a whole new offensive line, uh, a lot of turnover on defense. I mean, that's that's a ton of holes to try to fill. Um, so, yeah, so it's, as sad as it sounds – uh, this bull band season upcoming is probably the best Ole Miss is going to have for at least a couple of years. Sign of the times, John. I was on Twitter just a few minutes before we started recording, and I saw uh, you can buy a flex pack tickets to all seven home games. Uh, I think that's. De- I mean, that's definitely a bad sign for Ole Miss ticket sales. Yeah, I would say there's a... I, I can't remember any other July in recent memory where they were already trying to unload some uh, some weird ticket packages. Like, generally at this point, they're they're still doing good on the season tickets and all, and they're going for the big bucks, right? Like, this, this seems like a desperation move. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. But whatever, hey, at least we have good wide receivers. I think they are going to be really good. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, so we've got a we've got a major issue we got to talk about. Okay, wait. One quick aside, I do want to hear I do want to hear where you're going with this. But I don't know if you saw last night. AJ Brown tweeted that he let DK borrow his vacuum one time and he never returned it. And then DK tweeted like I thought we were better friends than that. And now AK is t- or AJ has tweeted a picture of DK returning the vacuum cleaner. That's just really funny to me. Okay, go on with what you're saying. So the uh, the game of football is under attack. Oh, big time, dude! And if we let it go, and the way it's going in ten years, it's going to take down the United States of America because football is getting ruined. I've heard this. This is it. Seems it sounds like an extension of a uh, PC culture. Does that sound right to you? Um, yep. And uh, that sounds like a troll, but that is an actual quote from 
Is Fedora still the North Carolina coach? I think he's got to be, right? Why else did he be talking here? does he have a job? Days. I mean, he should have been fired, to be frank, from just on an on-the-field perspective. But nevertheless, North Carolina f- head coach uh, Larry Fedora has said that our country – said this week at ACC Media Days, our country is going down if football continues down its current path. So, hmm. Hmm. Well. What the hell are we going to do? Ooh. I don't know. I mean, did he give specific examples of what was ruining football? I know he said that he's not sure that CTE is caused by football, which is, which is great. Great Great to hear from an authority figure in the sport. Yeah. That's, but but like, you know what I mean? Like, is it, is it kneeling? Like, what is he upset about? Is it the targeting rules? Like, I don't even know what he's referencing. Because if he's upset about kneeling, hey, you don't have that's not a problem anymore. Like uh, the NFL made a rule on that, you're good. They got your back, Larry. What's interesting is that Larry, um, this isn't just like some Joe blow school. This is North Carolina. Yeah, is but isn't isn't North Carolina football like kind of like Kentucky football? It's like yeah, it's it's, it's big time second fiddle. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, you're not wrong. It's a huge school. I mean, this is one of the biggest brands in college sports. But also, it seems like they could. Oh, Larry, laugh it off or whatever. How is he? What has his record been the last couple of years? Is he is he doing well there? I thought he was kind of middling. He was bad a couple, at least a couple of years ago. I don't know what he. Yeah, it's crazy how little we follow uh, ACC football. At least me personally, I don't really. Not a conference. It's a fake conference. Yeah, it's really just boring. Um, Larry Fedora, Wikipedia. So Fedora was at, yeah, he's, I remember when he was at USM. Uh, where is he from? Oh, he's from college station. Oh, that explains it, John. I think we figured this out. That's where, that's where these comments come from. Uh, he's been in North Carolina for, uh, for seven seasons. I mean, that's pretty long tenure. Um, yeah, he went three and nine last year, bud. So maybe what he means is that he is ruining North Carolina football by being like a trash ass coach. Honestly, <laughs> like this just seems like so North Carolina he goes eight and four, seven and six, six and seven, eleven and three in twenty fifteen. That's when he had that senior quarterback, right? That was that was so good. Yeah. Um, and then eight and five, three and nine, one and seven in the ACC. Uh, he is one and three in bowl games. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe he really does feel this way. Maybe he's just trying to take attention off of the questions about, like, hey, Larry, are you regressing? Is your team going to be really bad again this year? Like, what are you going to do differently? I don't know. I don't know. Um, hmm. So, what do you you agree, huh? That football is going down the tubes. It's all been ruined. I think football's ruined itself in many respects. Hmm. There's a there's a lukewarm take for you. Yep. Um. I'm just not. In, I am not in. I am not at football season mode yet this year. Me neither. And I, I think for me at least, a big part of it is that there's very little to be excited about as an Ole Miss fan. Um. And there's not really any other team that I want to cheer for. Maybe like FAU. Can I be an FAU fan? Sure. Well, we got Lane Kiffin. I, did, I right, guess it's just right. NCAA in general has really. Well, it's just so stupid. Like the way the NCAA protects the blue blood programs and makes like occasional scapegoats out of middle tier programs. It's just also predictable and dumb uh, and not competitive. I mean, that's the biggest problem with football is like 
it's not that competitive. There's not that much parity. Uh, and the NCAA, like, helps to protect that reality. It protects schools like Alabama. Um, I mean, I think it'll be somewhat interesting to hopefully watch Saban's career kind of end with Smart getting the upper hand. Like, that's kind of fun, I guess, because I, I do think Georgia is yeah. on, the, on the rise big time. Uh, and others, I think, I think Georgia, with everything working, everything yeah. has a higher ceiling than Alabama. Well, they have more resources than Alabama, right? And it's a it's a riper state for recruiting. Exactly. So it should be the slightly better program. That that would be funny to watch. Um, I think seeing what Fisher does at A and M is like somewhat interesting storyline. I don't really like Jimbo at all, but it would be it'll be really funny if they spend all this money on him after they already spent all the money on the stadium and they still are like mediocre. That would be funny. Um, I think at that point they'd have to look in the mirror, but uh, I'm sure they'll be good. I've heard that they're uh, opening the pocketbooks uh, in lots of different ways over in College Station. So, you know, get the players, and that's how you get the wins. That's what, you know, that formula I I don't want them to get to the national title game and lose dramatically because then their fan base will just like it. That would be very funny. That would be very funny. Um, Other storylines that I'm interested in is just like, I hope this is just a complete disaster season for Orgeron. Uh, cause that's always funny to watch. LSU fans are just like such, such whiny babies when they're bad. Um, especially to see them have to drive the native son out of town. That'll be really funny. Um, uh, uh, I, I almost want, well, you're, you're an LSU fan, to... right? <laughs> that's an old, old show joke. An old show joke. Um, I almost want, you're much closer than me. I wouldn't be shocked if a chunk, if the LSU fan base was kind of ha- was more or less preparing themselves for this to be a messy year. And we got- I, I think somewhat they are. Yeah, I mean they're still LSU fans. They still expect to win every game until the season starts and they start losing. But I think that I think a lot of a lot of LSU fans have already moved on from Orgeron just based on last season. Um, I yeah. mean they finished somewhat strong, but they lost to freaking Troy, right? I mean, come on. Come on, yep. dude. In the in uh in Death Valley. Like that's that's unforgivable. Um it's honestly amazing that he made it to another season after that. Uh I already talked about how Mullen at Florida could be mildly interesting. I'm not sure there's too many other storylines in the East that really interest me at all. Um Yeah. Uh, that's the SEC. I, I don't care at all about Alabama this year. It's like such a it's this is every year. The way that they recruit and that roster and the depth of it just makes it super boring. Like you're never like, oh, this is the year they're going to be good because they're like always good, and the the result is just like a, a straight line, like a flat line. That's what the Alabama program is. There's no ups, there's no downs. It's very boring. Uh, I'm sure any Alabama fan that heard this would be like, oh, spoken like a true loser. You don't know what it feels like to win consistently or whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, you're right, but also I don't really think sports is about you know, cheering for the, the most dominant team. Like, that's pretty lame. Like, that's, you never get to have an upset. You only you only get to be let down. That's what it means when you, when you cheer for Alabama. So, congrats, I guess. Whatever. Uh, I just got back from an Alabama wedding, John, uh, my cousin and his wife. Uh, I was the best man, I will say. Um, and uh, at the reception, they sang a little Dixieland Delight and they, the part about fuck Auburn or whatever. And then uh, – they also did Sweet Home Alabama, of course. Roll Tide is a part of that song for them. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any good stories about it. It was just 
it was funny. Alabama fans, man, they're they're very they're a very funny bunch. I have to say, just Alabama being Alabama. There yeah, you go. Because uh, the, your normal Alabama fan uh, thinks that they did something, which is really funny to me. It's just like it's like you know you had nothing to do with any of this, right? Like most Alabama fans can't even afford a ticket. It's just it's quite funny to me. I don't know. I don't know. Whereas me, on the other hand, you know, I'm a huge part of uh of Ole Miss football's mostly the failures. I mean, you've heard of Booster Fourteen. Uh, you know he's based in Ridgeland. Yeah, confession to make, guys. <laughs> that that was me. Uh, so I so at least I can say I'm trying. You know, they, it might not be going too well. The results might not be there. But hey, what the hell are you guys doing? That's what I thought. Um, exactly. All, all right, let's move on from media days, I suppose. So, and on from Pandora. What's up? So I was not on last week. You were not. Did you listen? Did you did you learn anything? I thought our guests were very informative. I did I learn? But I need a refresher. Okay, and so, I'll try, I'll do my best. Honestly, Bedwell and, and Wes are the the subject matter experts here. But subject we'll, matter we'll... experts here. So to set it up, so just to make sure I get the problem statement correct. Mm-hmm. City of Oxford, Mississippi, mm-hmm. wants to. Basically, any if you walk in any bar or any restaurant on the square, mm-hmm. they take a photograph and essentially document your entrance. Oh, they and scan. Age. They scan your ID. Okay. Scan your ID, and then they have to also have cameras that are capturing your interest and entrance. So essentially, the cops can show up at the business, ask to see the the records from their ID scanner, look at the cameras, and know exactly who was where when at any time at any restaurant or bar on the square yeah yeah and the reasoning and intent to do this is unclear unclear safety they say safety but they also say underage drinking the message is extremely muddied so the cover is essentially for underage drinking no actually actually the cover is that there was a party at the lyric and somebody shot a gun into the ceiling. So yeah. that that's the original cover. And then as she's been pressed on it, she's also kind of adapted to say underage drinking is a problem that they're trying to address as well. But yeah, so that basically, yeah, you got it. That's it. I mean, saying that, but they say they're trying to address underage drinking, but there's no guarantees. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much the same line of, that's the same, quote unquote, I guess, technical logic, for lack of a better term, as tr- Trump being able to impose all these tariffs under the notion that it's a national security threat. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, basically, yeah. And, and, so, go on. So, so is, is Robin Tannehill? Is she a good old gal now? A gog? I, I, I think she is. I talked about this some on the podcast. It's very confusing because she kind of ran on. I'm not like Pat Patterson and then turns around and this is like more Pat Patterson than anything Pat ever did. Like this is, this is the ultimate Pat Patterson. Like Pat, this. Pat Patterson's impressed. Yes. Pat her. Patterson is, is going to donate and vote for her after this shit. Like he probably is pumped about this. Like uh, this, it's very interesting. Um, just kind of the about face. And I, I wonder if she always wanted stuff like this, or this is something that happens after you become the mayor uh, the, the people that you're surrounded with, the people that make up the Oxford power structure. I don't know. Um, I, I know that some interesting figures were interacting with the tweets. She was directing at Bedwell and I, uh, Dickie Struggs responded to one about that. Bedwell's was quoted in. And then, uh, Stacy, uh, I forget. He's like a CEO of, of, uh, 
some some financial company. I see him on Twitter all the time. I think did she bribe the drugs? Did she bribe him? Yeah. No, that's the opposite. He bribed her, right? That's how the story went. No, I'm saying is she, did she bribe him to come out and support her position or whatever? Well, I don't think so. He's, like, not popular at all. So I think he probably just, I don't know, I guess doesn't want the square to be fun. I have no idea. I really don't know why these people I'm do it. I'm sure Dickie didn't get confused and try to bribe the other way to, like, reverse the past. I mean, right, that's I think- all. Right, I think that's probably more what happened. Allegedly, you know, I would never, I would never talk bad about a lawyer because, uh, you know, yeah, they, they, they might be litigious. I don't know, a former, <laughs> former lawyer, I should say. I don't think. So he's, when, uh, are, when are we allowed um, to practice law we, anymore? <laughs> what? When are we second the New York Times on this to uh, have them come hmm. and obliterate from a PR standpoint? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, they're they're bu- they're busy. I think doing other stuff. Got some other content. Yeah, they did. I mean, I saw last night they had they broke a story about like extremely classified intelligence briefing that Trump received in January 2017 or something. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, damn, the intelligence like I mean, like I'm not attacking leakers per se, but this just seems like stuff that should not be in the press. Like they're basically saying that there is a source close enough to Putin to to know his motivations and they had emails and texts and stuff I'm like damn somebody somebody or a lot of potential somebody's uh is going to end up whatever the preferred method I guess Novichok or whatever however however Putin likes to kill people these days I'm just I'm a little worried for these uh these high level sources maybe they're not in Russia anymore maybe this was you know 2 years ago I don't know just a little aside there my point is New York Times I guess is distracted that would be fair um. So what's uh, the what's the next what it, step on the ordinance? Is it uh, they're getting they're gonna vote on it in like two weeks, I think. But I want to hear. I mean, you listen to the episode some, and you've you've got the general gist of the thing here. I mean, how does that sound to you? Does that sound like a reasonable response? No, it's ridiculous. They're not. They're. I mean, they're not, they aren't even smart enough to come up with a good bullshit reason to do this. I know. I know. That, that's the. That honestly is almost as concerning as the actual ordinance itself is they don't even have a clue how to. And and the reason I think is because the people that would oppose this uh, students, and then also I guess bar owners and restaurant owners apparently don't have any political power. Like it, it seems like she doesn't really care. And the, the, the board of aldermen, I mean, it's interesting. We already knew the students didn't have any power. I'm kind of surprised with how many bars and restaurants and how much of the economy they make up in Oxford. They don't, have more political power apparently in her administration. It's it's interesting to me for sure, um, because even even if your bar doesn't have any type of underage clientele, which plenty of them don't, plenty of them specifically do, um, you know, especially right there with the levee on the corner. That's kind of the the place that's known for, and I guess round table now maybe having lots of underage kids in there. But even if you're a bar like Bure, it's like an adult adult kind of upscale bar. It's still uh, they're placing financial burdens on you. Making you buy these scanners and install the new camera systems and all, and then on top of that, the lyric has its own gripe. Um, they're they're started a petition and they sent out emails and all this stuff. They're upset because it's going to cost them uh, thousands of dollars extra a year in fees they have to pay the police department to review their security plans, uh, and then the police department doesn't even have to let them have an event. They can shut it down if they decide it's a it's a public safety threat. That's um, absurd. So it's. It's, it, I think that's the biggest part of it for me. I'm not surprised they're doing it. I'm more surprised that the 
the opposition to it doesn't have more of a voice because it, it seems like at least the business owners would, would have some sway. Um, but I don't know. I mean, may, hey, maybe things have gotten really bad. I mean, we know how dumbass the student body is now and how it's all Georgia and Texas kids. I mean, maybe that's the part we're missing here. Like, maybe things are just at an all-time low as far as 18-year-olds getting wasted on the square. And it's, it's even saying it like that, like, what's the? who cares? Like, that's not a public safety threat. I mean, hey, you know what's a public safety threat? Getting rid of Rebel Ride. Why don't we bring back the free shuttle so these people don't have to get in freaking cars and drive? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're really concerned about safety, there are a lot of things you can do before you institute, like, a surveillance state. Like, come on. It's just crazy. And the city already has cameras on the square anyway. If somebody walks out in the street and gets in a fight or something, it's, al- it's already going to be recorded. Like, this is this is more than just safety, I guess is what I'm saying. It, it seems more like just a method of control over these businesses and their patrons. It's just, it's Mississippi being Mississippi. I guess I'll leave it at that. Or maybe not even that Oxford being Oxford. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, to me, it's just like shooting yourself in the foot. Like what, why do you think Oxford is so nice? It's, it's not because of the, the auto repair shop or the florist or whatever. It's this, it's the university. Like it's old miss. They bring in a ton of business uh, as, as far as residents, uh, the students, and then their families that come and visit for football weekends and the fans that come for football games. I mean, it's just crazy to me, and it's always been this way, but it's always been crazy that there's such an adversarial relationship between the regular Oxford residents and the university and the students. Like, it just it's not logical at all. But, hey, I guess that's kind of just our whole society, right, the, the youth versus the olds. It's kind of the way things work. Uh, all right. Well, that's not. So are you are you ready for football season, or are you kind of like, oh, why is it, why is it media day? What's your disposition on this? Uh, I mean, I'm ready for us to be able to get on the podcast and not have to worry to come up with stuff to talk about. Like that's football season's great because we can fill up an hour just by going through the headlines and enough stuff happens that's of note. Uh, and then run down the lines and all that. It's so it's a purely selfish reason that I'm like, yeah, it makes it easier for us to record this show every week. As far well, as what you know, we're gonna talk about. Oh, Matt Luke made this dumb mistake <laughs> as a rookie head. Co- I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's gonna he he uh, he, he called a timeout and left the other team ha- like the clock was gonna run out, and Matt Luke called a timeout, and then they scored a touchdown and won. Like what? That's crazy. Who, who could have ever predicted that? Like, you know, you remember that the famous Les Miles game where they in Oxford where they're running out of time trying to spike the ball. Like Matt Luke's over there calling a timeout with one second left to get the defense lined up, right? Like that's the kind of shit we're gonna see. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great, man. It's gonna be funny. Like I'm looking forward to the the laughs and I don't know. I mean, I'm insane. Like any college football fan, like hey, what if they're what if they surprise us all? What if they turn out to be kind of good or whatever? Um. But overall, no, I'm not excited. I said it like a month or two back that the sad state of things right now, this is after uh, Oxford, or Ole Miss loses the Oxford Regional of Tennessee Tech. Uh, and the thing I'm looking forward to most right now is uh, Kermit Davis basketball. Like, that's where we are. Like, that's the state of Ole Miss athletics right now. Uh, that's the most promising program currently. So that's, that's exciting. Um, and, and, you know, that's partially just shit, shitting on Bianco for his failure to deliver in the postseason because they should be pretty good. At baseball, you weren't on last week to talk about getting Hoagland to campus. Um, Caracy just finished up pitching for Team USA and had like great stats. 
Um, all indications point that he could be a, a shutdown closer again next year. They're going to have some pieces, um, but still, I, I think every Ole Miss fan kind of just waiting for the regional. That's when the real season is going to start because after this last season, the regular season is uh, is a mirage. It's not really worth much, I would say. Things I'm excited about right now, John. Uh, Overwatch League playoffs, the first ever playoffs happening. Very exciting. Uh, the the best team in the league, 34-6 and in the regular season, just got swept uh, 0-3 last night. So they have to come back on Saturday and try to not get run out of the playoffs. I mean, you can imagine that, right? It's pretty crazy. It would be like if Alabama had the best regular season in the country and there was a double elimination playoff, and they got destroyed in the first game. Like that's it's pretty dramatic. Um, so that's that's uh, that's something that I'm watching. Uh, MLB. I watched the home run derby. Uh, I'll probably follow it a little more in the second half of the season here. Um, yeah, I, I guess to answer your question, no, I'm not really not really excited for football. I mean, what about you? What's your take on it? I'm nowhere near excited for football. We got another month and a half to. Uh, to steal yeah, I mean, I'll watch it, but in general, I'm just kind yeah, of Yeah, I can't imagine ever not at least trying to follow and see what's going on. And yeah, if, you, if, you're, if Ole Miss is getting blown out, I will turn it off. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch the game, sure. Uh, and still, I think we, I still might be going to Houston for the kickoff game. It's not, I, we haven't bought tickets or anything, but it's definitely been discussed. Yep. So that could be fun. I Get tell you, the, the thing, the watch is that everybody always gets too hyped up at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. let's say they go let's say they go look good and beat texas tech by say 24 points hmm. i don't think that means anything I guess frankly. that's that's definitely more an indictment on texas tech because it, you should be able to score against this old miss defense if you have any sort of a respectable offense like yeah that, i think AJ Brown and DK Metcalf will be interesting to watch. Oh yeah, I mean they're studs, and Demarcus Lodge too. They're, they're great. Uh, Scotty Phillips is a huge question mark. The JUCO running back. Um, I think other than him, I mean the offense is fairly complete coming back from last year. I mean the offensive line should be good, barring injury. Uh, Dawson Knox is is serviceable to good tight end. Did you see that uh, he's the fastest receiver on the team? Who Dawson Knox? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Paul Jackson posted like a a speed a oh, yeah, yeah. speed breakdown. Who, who, who reported can, this? I can find who this. Reported? No, I think this is like Paul Jackson posted like who like the clock speeds of everybody at practice. And Hang like, on here. Hold on, Hang I'll find I'll find it for you. I gotta find Paul you, Jackson's Twitter. There's a twenty percent. There's a solid chance Paul Jackson manipulated that because we all know the good old boys love, love their great their white walk on. Oh, he's trying God. to gain some stock with the, uh, with the good old boys because let's be honest, he's yeah. sneaky, he's bad it. at his job. Yeah, that's no, that's. I think I think he's trying to appeal appeal to the GOB. Okay, so go over hit a, go over to Paul Jackson's Twitter. Not only did he post it, he doubled down and posted a different one today, which still has Knox as the fastest. So the original one, Speed Freaks, uh, skill position, you got A.J. Brown, 22.9 miles per hour, Floyd Allen, 22.7, D.K. Metcalf, 21.7. And then hybrids, you got Dawson Knox, 23.1 over A.J. Brown's 22.9. And then in the latest one he posted, also 23.1 for Dawson Knox. Uh, Again, the fastest on the – oh, wait, no, Zed Woods, 23.7. 
Oh, but DK Metcalf was clocked at 23.2 today. So still, Dawson Knox is uh is holding his own apparently in the speed department. What do you so you think that's fake news? I think it's potentially the fake Ole Miss media. Which is and funny this because this is it. It's Paul Jackson. No, I was going to say, it's it's like that really is indicative of the problem Ole Miss has. Like the calls coming from inside the house. Like the fake the fake narratives are perpetu- are coming from the coaches themselves. Like this is this is uh, as as corrupt as it gets, right? In the Inside the Manning Center. I think I made that joke before. The calls coming from inside the Manning Center. That's uh, that's all you yeah. got to know about the, the fake news at Ole Miss. Um, yeah. Yeah, all right. So you got to do. So, did, did did you guys touch on last week Bjork uh, not getting the Kansas job? We did not. We did not. Shocker! I, I can't. Who wouldn't want to hire uh, an AD that's presided over so much sustained success? <laughs> I just. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, they met, they hired the right guy in Jeff Long. I yeah, say yeah. That. He was unemployed, huh? After Arkansas fired him. Yeah, because. How in the hell is Chad Morris going to be better than Brett Bielema? I don't think he is. I wonder if it's more about, you know, just he's going to play the game with the fans more, kind of what we always talked about, Freeze versus Andy Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it does seem like Chad Morris is going to be more willing to, uh, you know, fluff the, the Razorback Society or whatever it's called than, than old Brett Bielema was. But, hey, I can't – I mean, it's, it's going to be fun – to watch uh, our buddy Austin Miller, uh, an, an Arkansas fan nowadays, deal with uh, Chad Morris. Looking forward to that. Yeah, he can get ready to embrace the suck. <laughs> hey, watch him be good. And Ole Miss fans just look stupid as ever for being like, Chad Morris goes 9-3. I... What's your uh, punishment? I don't know. <laughs> Football's not a real sport anymore. Yeah, okay, okay. If Chad and Moore, if Chad Morris goes nine and three, Larry Fedora is right and the sport is dead. Exactly. The sport really is under attack if Chad Morris goes nine and three. <laughs> that, that is an actual statement. That is real news, actually. Yeah. All right. Uh you got anything else? Do we miss anything, John? You got anything else you want to talk about this oh, week? I think that's pretty much it for this week. All right. Awesome guys. Well, uh, it was a good episode. I uh, got through another another week of summer. I feel like I, I, I say this at the end of all the summer episodes. Cause it could, but before we get on the record, it's a little daunting to be like, I mean, we have nothing to talk about. How are we, we going to do here? Even with media days. Probably the most boring media days I can remember. Last year, that was popping. Because you had the rumors that Freeze was going to quit. And uh, he's like on the podium denying it and stuff. Like last year, that was a good media day. Um, this year, not so much. But hey, uh, football's back, baby. It's football season now, only a month and a half to go. Uh, and then after that, we get to watch uh, some probably really bad football. Um, so very exciting. A uh, lot to look forward to, if you can't tell by uh, how enthused John and I have sounded in the second half of this episode. Uh, only only sunny days ahead, guys. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, if you like the show, you follow us on Twitter. Uh, that's pretty much it. I don't really have too many plugs to... Uh, give out here so i will say thank you john i appreciate you taking the time buddy uh to any of our new listeners hey you made it this far congratulations uh the hard work is over now you did it um and come back next week listen again to our longtime listeners we appreciate you uh you're what makes the show possible makes it great uh we couldn't do it without you so yeah for john i'm justin guys uh thanks and we'll talk to you again next week
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.